Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. Thoughts and comments expressed here are the opinions of Chad and Lou, and not necessarily those of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studios. Caution, this show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this installment of Musically Challenged. I am your host, Lou Schwabach. Along with me is the ever-present Chad Knight. Hey, guys. And tonight we'll be discussing some leading women in rock and roll. You know, when it comes to rock and music going forward here, historically it's been a a male-dominated industry. Um, Generally, if you look at the top artists, not pop-related, but more rock and roll, it's going to be more guys on the top of the list, which is just how it's been. However, there's plenty of artists that um, I've come up with that, and I'm sure you have as well, that kind of break that glass ceiling. Give us kind of an idea that women can rock as well. Absolutely. Now, to be fair, I'm going to put it out there. We talked about this a little bit at the end of the last episode. I'm not a big fan of women in heavy metal or rock and roll leads. And that's not saying that you're sexist, it's just not your preference. Right, exactly. Now, I did come up with a few that I do like, and we'll talk about those eventually. Where do you sit as far as that goes? Uh, You know what? When it comes to lead singers as females, I actually kind of have a soft spot. I don't know why it is, it just, there are certain songs and certain bands that when they have a lady singing just sounds to, it just works for me. And that's part of what we have here tonight. Um, one of the things I wanted to put out here was that we did a little narrow it down just a little bit. Um, the whole band doesn't have to be women because that would kind of narrow it down too much. Yeah, it'd be the Bengals and the Go-Go's. Pretty much. <laughs> um, on the other hand, too, just to make sure that it's not too wide open, we're not going to deal with a band or a singer that is basically the singer itself with a backup band, such as, let's say, Joan Jett. Or Alanis Morissette. Right, or exactly. Like that. Exactly. Okay, fair so enough. Those are the two, you know, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Limitations. There we go. Um, and then here's the thir- three thoughts that I was thinking about. Like, who's the singer in the band? Um, why would you like them? What do you care about them? And what song? And then finally, maybe a little bit of history on the band. And that's what we're thinking for tonight. Fair enough. All right. So um, why don't we go ahead? I'll start this show here. All right. Um, the top one that I've got was, and I'm, I'm, and for the record, out this here, if we butcher these names, so be it. I don't know these people. I'm sure they have no idea who the heck we are. So if I get it wrong, so be it. Feel free to email and complain if you want to, but I'm going to say it how it looks. So before we get started, when, when we talk about this and we go through the different points and everything... I think we'll both kind of give a little bit of a of a feedback to each other about what we thought of it. Because I've listened to everything that you had on your list. Okay. And I know you've listened to everything that I have on my list. Because my list is much shorter than yours. My list. <laughs> list. If you guys could see this, if, if we were recording with video, you, you'd understand. Um, so, <clears throat> go ahead. Kick it off. All right. So, the first one I've got here is, her name is Christina Scabia. Um, she is the one of the lead singers from the band Lacuna Coil. I think she's got a very strong voice. Um, with her and the band, they harmonize rather well with the male lead singers. The songs that I'm a big fan of uh, mainly come off of their Karma Code CD, which was from 2006, 
And that was um, Our Truth is a very good one, Closer. And the other one that I have to say I'm really a big fan of, actually off of their newer album, Shallow Life in 09, was I Won't Tell You. Not only do they work well together, but personally I feel that, um, and this is just kind of a personal thing as well, when I saw them in concert, she is Italian, and she's got a sweet Italian accent, and that's kind of melting. So it's just how it is for me. They formed in 94 under a different name after a couple member shakeups. She joined the band in 97, and then they changed it to Lacuna Coil, which means Empty Spiral. Um, they've been recording ever since. They've got, I believe it was, five studio albums out, and that's my first pick. All right. Now, I did listen to Lacuna Coil. I really liked the vibe they had there. It was very, they looked very metal, but they didn't necessarily strike metal as far as music goes, in, in my estimation. They struck more of a hard rock or, a, or um, yeah, more of a hard rock feel, but they definitely had that metal look, that industrial kind of look to them. Uh, the drummer's got this big old whacked out uh, mohawk going sure. on and stuff, and, and um, I do like her look, which is kind of that gothic kind of a little bit, sure. at least in what I saw. I enjoyed the music. Uh, was it the best thing I've ever heard? No. Did she have a... She had a powerful voice. I will give her that. She had a great voice. Um, so overall, I, I think I agree with you on this one that I really like what's out there. And it's a band I will probably, in the future, at least check out, you know, to a deeper... To a deeper um, level so and that's and that's great and you know i mean i don't expect everyone to agree with me just like likewise you don't expect the same thing but it's always good to have someone open up your eyes to something new This one here, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a guess out there that you probably hadn't heard of him before we started doing this. I didn't. Um, and just with that being the case, you know, it's just trying something new. Right. And and when it comes to music, I listen to all types of music. Um, you know, we all have our strong suits. I'm an, I'm a classic rock guy, but you know, I listen to all kinds of music from beanie, teeny popper stuff to to the oldies to country and western to you know everything. Um, but the only thing I really don't listen to with any regularity would be rap, but um, I can't wait till we do our rap episode because we're going to be two white boys talking about rap. That's, yeah, that's it's gonna... <laughs> exactly what it's going to be, <laughs> and we're going to sound like two white boys talking about rap. So anyway, what's what? What do you got next? Well, the next one I have next, actually, and this one I know that you know because you you have to live under a rock not to, would be Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, for certainly the Go-Go's were not the first all-girl group, um, but they're definitely one of the most radio-friendly and accessible. Belinda Carlisle and the Go-Go's helped out the girl rock genre um, in the 80s along with the Bangles. Pretty much dominated the 80s radio play, if you if you remember back then. Yeah. Um, she gives a pretty solid rock performance with some bubblegum pop. In fact, that's the easiest way in my thought is to call it as bubblegum. And then, you know, let's see here. The Our Lips Are Sealed, which I believe is a cover, actually. Um, we Got the Beat is off of a 1981 album. And then Vacation and Head Over Heels off of Vacation and Talk Show, respectively. Personally, my favorite is Head Over Heels. I don't know why, it just something strikes with me on that one. Head Over Heels, I go? Out of 
They started as a punk band in 1978, so just kind of kept it going. Now, they had a pretty good run, and then, excuse me, Belinda went solo in 1985, which basically is what caused them to disband, and then had a really uh, popular solo career, and then actually it even sounds like there's a new studio album coming out sometime in 2017. Really? Yeah, which I was a little surprised to see, but not displeased by any means, because... I've, she was one of my first um, girl crushes. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, she was one of them. You know, the red hair, the voice, it just it just did it for me. Right, right. So I had a soft spot for them, and that was why she made my list. Okay, fair enough. I was a fan of the Go Go's. I think everybody at that time was. It was one of those bands. They were fun to listen to, good to look at. Vacation, I think, is the song when I think of the Go Go's. I think Vacation is the song that really pops into my head. I remember the video where they're doing, like, the water skiing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yep. So, you know, that was kind of my thing. Um, and as we're talking about, this is not one that's on our list, but the Go-Go's, when I, when I think back to the Go-Go's, a band in the 90s reminded me a lot of the Go-Go's and just their style and the way they did things, and that was no doubt which also had a lead singer, uh, female uh, Gwen Stefani. Right. And it, it's almost like the Go-Go's were the big sister of No Doubt. You know, because they kind of the had older, the same... The older sister, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'll agree. I mean, that's that's actually a really good point that I didn't even think about. I mean, obviously there's there's um, female artists in leads going forward, and there never will not be. But yeah, that's a really good way to put it, is that they're kind of the... You know, kind of like James Brown being the godfather of soul. Right. You know, these would maybe be like the... Godmothers? Godmothers or the grandmothers of girl pop. <laughs> the matriarchs? There we go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, the Go-Go's, I, I didn't know they were a punk band. They never struck me as a punk band. I don't know if they... Did they ever do a punk album or... I don't believe so. Um, in fact, it looks like they moved from, from 1978 when they first came out. Um, their first studio album was in 81, and that was where they went more rock with it. Right. So if there's any possible recording media out there, it might be on YouTube. I would be very interested to see them do some punk stuff. because it I mean, might be we, interesting. Yeah, might have look for that. Because I know, no doubt, kind of had that punky edge to them. Like the alternative punk? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, more like the Green Day punk, not real punk. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it might be interesting to see this. See, I mean, see, it. I'm sure Belinda's got the chops to do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, she's got a decent range, and even when she went solo, like the I Get Weak or the Heavenest Place on Earth and everything, if you listen to some of her solo stuff, she definitely has the range for it. I mean, not the Mariah Carey range, but then again... Nobody has the Mariah Carey range. No, no, not even Mariah Carey has the Mariah Carey range anymore. Well, no, I mean... But that's beyond the point. Like all good things, she's gotten older. Yeah. And unfortunately, on, on like a fine wine, she hasn't gotten better. But I think there was something on, um, and just to break away from a second, I think Jeff Dunham did something, and he was like, my, some women age like fine wine, <laughs> my wife aged like milk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to jump into my first one. Please do. Amy Lee of Evanescence. I got bit by the, the Evanescence bug. Right away. I mean, that first when they had their first song on the radio, and I'm like, uh, which I believe was uh, "Bring Me to Life." Okay, that was their big radio one. I mean, they had a couple of them off of their um, Fallen album. Right. They uh, that voice. There's something about Amy Lee's voice. It's it, it's melodic. It's haunting a little bit. It's yearning. Yes. Is there something about it? And just to jump in here, it's like it's like she wants you to believe, and she is forcing this, and she, this is her opinion, etc. And that's how it's going to be. Right. She uh, co-formed Evanescence with guitarist Ben Moody in 1995. Um, they did a lot of indie stuff. They had a small success, but their first studio didn't come out in 2003, which was Fallen. Um, and then they had Bring Me to Life, and they had um, actually four other 
radio singles off of that, uh, Going Under, uh, My Immortal, and Everybody's Fool. I'm sorry, that's three more, not four more. I think my favorite of all those songs that hit radio play is Going Under. Best video of all of them. And it's just one of those songs that it just kind of haunts you, but not in a bad way. No. You know, it's like it sticks being, with you. Yeah, it sticks with you. It's not haunting like there's a poltergeist into my house. It's more like it's haunting like my wife died five years ago and I still feel her with me. Kind of haunting. My wife has not died, just so everybody out there knows. What's your thought on and, and when you cried, I'd wipe away all of your tears. When you scream, I'd fight I'm sorry, and I know this is going to make me sound sexist at all hell, but she is smoking hot. Oh, she's pretty as hell. I'll give you that one. I'll be honest, I really didn't get bit as hard with the bug as you did. Okay. Um, I think my first exposure between the radio, the overplaying, just like any Top 40 station does, was Bring Me to Life, and then with the Underworld movie, that being, I guess, one of the primary songs that's located with it, and... I haven't really listened to much of their other stuff, um, but if it's anything like Bring Me to Life and the rest of that album, I can't see why I wouldn't like it. It's You're right, it does have a haunting vibe to it, and she definitely belts it out. I mean, this is something yeah. where she wanted your attention, you're, she's going to get your attention. She's just amazing. And I know I sound like a huge fanboy, but right now I am. So, <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. So, um, why don't you take another one? Okay, well, the next one, this is going to be a little bit more out there. And the reason I say this is because I listen to the classic rock stations a lot. And this one came out. The singer is Maria and uh, I'm going to kill this. It's Sjolholm um, from Drain STH. STH stands for Stockholm. The entire band is from Sweden. Sweet, uh, Swedish. Yeah, that's it. I know music. I don't know geography. Whatever. But she's got a grumbly voice and does metal. And it's woman metal however you can understand it that's one of the things that i really liked about it because a lot so much of that heavier stuff you listen to it and it's just like them it's reverb and feedback so bad that you can really can't even tell what they're saying now i think she's got a great metal sound um her and the band they put together drain sdh again in stockholm in 93 they were they released an ep in 95 and their first studio album was horror wrestling in 96 um, it was good it had kind of an unrefined sound just like most bands with their with their freshman effort as it were but then freaks of nature which came out in 99 did way better on the radio and in stores the singles off of that one simon says had a ton of radio play and enter my mind is my favorite and that one um, played a ton on the radio and it just it it's just grumbly and rough and just dark it, almost gothic but not wearing black everything gothic so it's kind of like goth light metal yeah i can see that um again uh, Drain was not one that I had heard of before, so I went out and I listened to some of their stuff, and I liked it. Honestly, I like the fact that she's got that low register in her voice. I like the fact that she she's not afraid to sing the music. A lot of times when you get women front in bands, especially bands like Drain, they either... They don't have the faith in themselves to really belt it out, or they go a completely different way and they go so far to the to the dark, grumbly, nasty side of their voice that they just rip up their voice and they don't sound good. Yeah, I can buy that, and that's a that's a really good way to put it too. Is that she trusts herself and what she's doing.
and she just commits herself to it. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, there's another one where I agree with you. I think uh, they're they're good. I would, you know, like I said, Lacuna Coil was good. Go-Go's are good. I would actually put Drain higher on the list right now. Okay, very good. Let's move on to your next one, because you've got, like, six billion, and I've got, like... <laughs> Two. All right, well, my next one, and this is probably going to be one of the most mainstream ones of all of them, and that was Lizzie Elizabeth Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. Woohoo! That, <laughs> um, she just rocks hard. I mean, there's there's nothing else to really say. She doesn't hold anything back. She just rocks hard. She's easy on the eyes as well, and there's my sexist comment. Her and her, her brother, RJ, formed in 97. They formed Hailstorm in 97 and had an EP in 99. Um, their first studio album wasn't until 10 years later with their self-titled album Hailstorm, which just it killed the radio i mean it's it went all over the radio most of i think it was either three or four singles that actually popped off of them including it's not you and i get off provocative lyrics to be sure but at the same time it's not really what you're listening to it's just a really good hard rock they've really been they've been touring on and off since and are really still active in the hard rock or alt metal scene my favorite song is actually not one of the singles that was put out on the radio it this is one called dirty work and it goes from kind of a soft start to a hard to back and forth between the soft and the hard for the entire song and just something about it just it makes me think of like an evil uh, alice in wonderland for whatever reason okay i can see that i'm gonna read the uh the text i sent to lou after listening to hailstorm fucking hailstorm can tr- thrash that, that was that was my initial thought on that, is I'm just like, these guys... And it was the first of the groups that I had listened to uh, that you sent me, and I was just amazed. Um, now, I don't think you brought up the uh, song uh, Ms. Hyde, which is one of them I listened to, which was, to me, I, I don't know if I'll ever... That song just was amazing. I just could not... It's one of those where you wouldn't expect a female artist to put out something as hard right yeah yeah now and and um i listened to they did a gaga cover um bad romance bad romance which as i'm listening to it i'm like god i know this music i know this music but it's different and they did a cover in such a way that you knew it was a cover but it was completely different which is a successful cover yes because bad romance that song by lady gaga I could care less about. Oh, and well, here's the other thing with that, too, is it's so damn recognizable that if you F it up in any possible way, you're going to get branded for it. Oh, yeah. So you with, a co- with any cover, and we'll discuss this some other time, you have to do something that's either totally wildly different or be so good at covering it. Yeah, you've got to spot it. I mean, you got to be spot on on your cover if you're not going to do it differently. Right. All right, fair enough. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll do my next one here. The next group I picked, and... And I will admit even that this, calling these ladies rock and roll or hard rock is probably a little bit of a stretch, honestly. But uh, Linda Perry with uh, Four Non Blondes, you know, they uh, Perry joined the trio of uh, Carista Hillhouse, Shauna Hall, and Wanda Day and formed the band in 1989. Lou found a little interesting piece of trivia that I thought was kind of neat. Their first practice was supposed to be at 6 p.m. on October 17th, 1989, but was canceled due to the Loma Prieta World Series earthquake. That's, that's telling you something. Maybe that's a warning. It's, if there's if that's not a sign, what is? Yeah, I mean, they only did one album, Bigger, Better, Faster, More, uh, in 92, uh, which um, had a couple singles come off of it, hmm. but the one that everybody knows is What's Up. 
I like the look of this band. They're very Butch. Alice in Wonderland. I would say Butch, but Butch, yeah, kind of Butch. They, but they rock. It's a, it's, it's a band. Um, What's Up is a great song. Um, it, it was out when I was in high school. It came out. It was, you know, it was kind of the anthem for like a year. Everybody was singing the song and that kind of stuff. Um, oh, it, and people just destroyed it in karaoke too. Oh God! Yes. All they had to do, I mean, honestly, all you had to do is howl, "Hey, what's going on?" and you could sing the song. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't disagree with that. Um, Mary's House was another one. I believe that was. Oh God, was it either Wayne's World one or two? I believe it was on the soundtrack for. Um, it was also on the Bigger, Better, Faster, More album. However, it really got more of a revival once that movie came out. Yeah, they also had a song "Train," which was really good. They also released the song "Dear Mr. President." Garbage. My personal favorite, though, is the song Morphine and Chocolate, which got no radio time, of course. But I have found over the years and the amount of music I've listened to that song, the best song of the album is never the one that makes radio. You know, and with any radio station you listen to, they always have sometimes they'll put like a two hours a night, like way in the wee hours in the morning, where they do B-sides or something to that effect. Right. Sometimes those B-sides are killer. Right. Which, agreeing with what you're saying, there's a lot of, like, um, I'm a big fan of, um, well, let's say ACDC, for example. Okay. Everybody knows their favorite songs because they are radio, finger quotes, friendly. Right. But with that, I mean, there's a ton of music that they don't put on because they put out, like, dozens of albums. And with all that, you listen to some of their back catalog stuff when they do the B-side stuff. It's like, you know what? This is actually pretty good, too. Yeah. Some of the songs that they don't play on the radio that often are some of my favorites. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's a good way to think about it that way, too. Okay. What do you want to do next? Well, let's do someone that everybody probably will know. And that's going to be Annie Lennox of Eurythmics. Oh, there was my first musical crush. We're going to get back to that. <laughs> I I liked it. I think she has a, and this is the best way I can put it, a strangely seductive voice. Um, just something about it that it has a good beat. It's relaxing. It's almost hypnotic with, like, for example, with Here Comes the Rain Again off of their 1983 Touch album. Yep. That one, and then Sweet Dreams. which is off of, I believe that, um, oh, no, that was actually their, their primary one. Um, but Sweet Dreams and, and um, Here Comes the Rain Again, those two, if you just listen to those and just sit yourself, their video, I believe, was on like a cliff Yeah. and in the dark, and you can almost picture it without even seeing the video based on the vibe that she gives off. Um, Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart met in 75, 1975, of course, um, played together first in 76 uh, with a punk band, which I can't see them playing punk. They released a single, changed themselves to The Tourists in 77. A little bit of success, but personal differences and tension led to Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart doing their own things and formed Eurythmics with their first album in 1981. And Sweet Dreams came out in uh, January of 1983, which is kind of where they hit the big time, per se. Uh, November of 83, they put a second album out in that same year. That was Touch. Had some success. Took a nine-year break from 1990 to 99 for solo projects. Did a six-year reunion from 90 and starting in 1999, and then they separated for good. Have actually only reunited one time in 2014, and that was for a Beatles concert. Okay. So 
they were romantically involved at one time, and I guess they just said, you know, we're better friends than co-workers. I liked Annie Lennox. I wouldn't say she was a crush. She kind of terrified me as a kid a little bit. That that short cut, um, like flat top red hair. Yeah. I dig redheads. Don't I mean I'm I'll be the first to admit that. But she's a blonde, actually. Well, yeah, right. with that dyed red thing, again, I'm a Belinda fan because she was the red hair. But this one here is just, she, there was something about her that was terrifying to me. Oh, no, man, that was, it, you know, in, in 1990, about that era is really where I found the Eurythmics. That was like, that was the woman I wanted. That was, to me, that was perfection. And she could sing, and it was just, I'm a big Eurythmics fan. Um I'm a big Annie Lennox fan. Um, even her solo stuff, I really like. But yeah, when you said that she was part of a punk band, I just that I don't see. I don't see that happening. That's another one we might have to try to look for because yeah. I, I would be interested to really see how that sounds because I can see going from a bubblegum pop to a or from a punk to a bubblegum, bubblegum rock. That makes sense, like with the Go Go's, but with the new wave ish style that yeah. Rhythmix is from punk, that's just unique. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, it looks like we're kind of coming to the end here for this week. You know, anything you want to put out there? Um, no, I think we threw out a couple good ones. I mean, there's there's obviously tons of other ones out there. We, always we, more, we always more. We would not have enough time to do everything. But I think it's a good idea to give it, or not a good idea, but a um, it put out a couple of new ideas for people to listen yeah. to. So anybody listen to this, I mean, who knows? Maybe Hailstone will get a few new followers. Yeah, I mean, they've got one because there's me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, next episode, we're going to do, uh, covers, good and bad. So come check us out for that one.